fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 43 of the third season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. We are paving your way. We are your lead blocker to fantasy glory, paradise, trophies, plaques, trinkets of all kinds. This is what we're going to do for you on the Fantasy Fullback Dive at therotostreetjournal.com. Check out the website if you haven't already. Of course you've checked it out. It's the best fantasy site on the net. I, of course... I'm your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself, looking kind of dapper. I mean, the lighting in there is actually pretty good. It doesn't look like you're in a hostage video. You're not wearing a tank top. You look like, I mean, what's going on? You got you going on a date after the pod or something? I actually do have a, a lady cooking me some food tonight, so excited Is she about in the building that, right but... now, or are you going somewhere else? She is not in the building. I'm going. I'm going to her place. Uh, thank God she can't be around this this uh, this hole when I got my roommate and me aren't the uh, the nicest of livers <laughs> no, I here. Not, but dude. don't even. Get <laughs> but no, it's it'll be fantastic, and that's that's part of the reason. But part of the reason is I had to pack a ton of stuff up because I'm about to head to Chicago, baby, to watch my Patriots dominate the Bears at Soldier Field. Never been that's to the cool. city, uh, the Windy City. Have you ever yeah. been down there? Well, it's not down there. I mean, it's it's kind. Of, kind of, I've been there twice, once just flying through and, and once just like for a little while. I mean, I've not experienced, I can't say I've like experienced Chicago for all it's worth. It's windy right. as hell and cold. You'll be all yes. right though. It'll be fun. It'll be cool saying you went to Soldier Field. That's awesome. Absolutely. Eat some deep dish pizza, all that good stuff. And watch my Patriots again, just dominate and continue this great run they're on right now. And plus it's the midway point of uh, fantasy right now. If you don't make the playoffs, of course, as you mentioned, we're pulverizing, lead blocking all the way <clears throat> to your fantasy playoffs. If you're following us, you will be in the, the fantasy playoffs. This is not your midway point. But for all the sheep out there, this is. So it's, it's a huge kind of turning point, whether you're in the basement and you need to crawl out, whether you're at the top and you need to do, really maintain your dominance. This is just a, a huge point of the season. you got to start off the second half of 2018 the right way, and that's what we're here for with a great preview yeah, show Yeah, if you're planned. a sheep, just come on, hold on. It's, it's half done. It'll be over soon. Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're only halfway right. done eating you. It's we're, true. We're, it's like you know, my my dad was a yeah. professional poker player. That's how he paid his way through college. And he, uh, yeah, That's in great. California, Berkeley, nineteen sixty nine. And he would always, you know, it's like not like something for him, but you would always talk about any given poker table in one of these clubs. You'd have, you know, two or three sharks, which he was one of, and and then the rest fish. You know, and you don't want to sit down at a table with too yeah. many sharks because you know percentages are bad so you avoid it if there's already a couple guys there it's like in fantasy like you know those of us that are wolves we can't be wolves unless we have sheep to feast on so we appreciate the Mm -hmm. (laughs) we appreciate your presence in all of our leagues uh you're in what five leagues and how many of them right now are you uh in playoff position or poised to be in playoff position in I, I mean, four out of five, I'm winning records right now. But then the one that I'm not winning record, I have the third mm. most points. I'm just been getting fucked in the ass. So hopefully that one ends up. That's right. the Fez. That's my biggest one. So that's you're the, scoring you know, points I would sacrifice and losing. all yeah, four yeah, of yeah. the others. 
Exactly. Yeah, I had a big week though, big bounce back. Got Adams on by this week, which could be tough. Uh, my wide receiver core this week is just an abomination. Uh, so John Brown is my number one receiver, I think, this week. And it goes downhill from there. Maybe it's Corey Davis. Maybe it's Chester Rogers. Maybe it's Albert Wilson. I don't know. That's going to be a fucking just absolute snake pit. So we'll see. But other than that, everything's looking great. Melvin Gordon, just an absolute He's a monster. Steed. He's a monster. But, yeah, he is a monster. How about you? You, you said you're doing pretty well in all your I leagues, am. right? I'm three and three in one league, uh, and then I'm four and two in two leagues, and I'm five and one in the RSJ league. And I, and I, I believe I'm also nice. the top point scorer in the RSJ league, although uh, Keegs beat me in, in week one in a shootout. Yeah, so I'm doing pretty well. I mean, that, that works out pretty well. I'm, I'm poised in all of them. I feel bad for you with John Brown as number one. I was about to complain about my hometown league, which is the one I care the most about, in which John Brown is my wide receiver five. So I guess yeah, I won't, even say I won't get, like, get I will keep that to myself, although I guess I just said it. So Please, yes. Really, no more really of those comments. All right, we're going to get right into oh. the stock watch uh, slash trainer room, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's a couple notable things on there. I see that uh, CJ has just signed into the document, so you never know what you're going to find mm. on this thing. The salt man creeping around in there, possibly confusing it with a <laughs> pregnancy porn link. But in fact, it's FFBD it. <laughs> well, once you've been on the air with somebody for three years, you start completing their thoughts, their sentences, all that good stuff. All right. The trainer's room, obviously the top story, Devonte Freeman to the IR. That's when we're going to hit first. Mar- Marshawn Lynch's groin, by the way, uh, not a bad band name right there. Um, Dalvin Cook, Quincy Inunua, Cooper Cup, the Indianapolis Colts offense. We're going to get into them right now. We're going to start with Freeman going to the R. I mean, obviously, like if you play fantasy, you know people who play fantasy. This, you you know people that this is hit. Like this is this is a, mm-hmm. a wide rippling thing. The guy's been a disappointment all year anyway, um, and now he's done. This is probably it for him for the season. Um, you said two weeks ago, if you can get anything for even name recognition, anything for this guy, do it. That's what you said. I passed mm-hmm. that along to a good friend of mine who has him. He did not take the advice. He will now be eating him. Um, you want to you want to know the ironic? This is my buddy Willie, who, as you know, is a big RSJ fan. He oh, yeah. drafted Keenan Allen um, in the second round or maybe the third round on draft night. Immediately was uncomfortable. The guy's injured all the time. He immediately was like, I got to get out from under this guy. Traded him for Devontae Freeman. Now, not oh, that Allen has been lights out, awesome. but he is completely healthy. And Devontae Freeman, he mm-hmm. of the high floor, now out for the year. My buddy Willie is pissed. awful. Anyway, talk to us about Freeman. Yeah, so done for the year. I'm going to have groin yeah. surgery, uh, which ultimately, for anyone who didn't own Freeman, and especially if you had any part of the other uh, Atlanta backs, is actually a positive because it was a three-headed nightmare. It was trending into none of them being usable. And now suddenly both Coleman and popular waiver wire pickup of the week, Ito Smith, both have some uh, you know decent value moving forward. Coleman scored in every game that Freeman hasn't played, so he's been a solid stud. Uh, he'll get his touches. He hasn't been great on an efficiency point, but this offense is just such a high-powered attack. He tends to find the end zone any week where he's got that role on lock, and he should have this on lock for the rest of the season. Plus, he's a free agent. The team will want to see, do we go with this guy long-term? You know, a lengthy exhibition for Tevin Coleman, I would say. But if he continues to falter and is inefficient, Edo Smith has played really well. Three touchdowns. 
touchdowns in three straight weeks. Good receiver, had 40-plus receptions in back-to-back seasons in college. So this guy can do it all. He's going to really inherit that third-down role. He's been very involved in the red zone as well. So that's some very valuable touches for a guy who was only 9% owned going into Tuesday. Now he's up to 38%, again, the, the most popular pickup. But he should be close to 70 80% owned, I think, by the end of this week. We'll, we'll see why. He, he's a great talent. The scheme is mediocre for the running backs, but just an overall explosive attack. You, you got to like any uh, weapons in an offense, especially with those two guys now, all the offense funneling to them. Plus, Coleman does have a pretty extensive track record of missing time. So you could look at Ido Smith as a potential featured back in one of these, again, higher-powered attacks with a top seven or so line in the league. Uh, you got to like what you were seeing out of both backs here. And I would love to own Ido Smith. A guy in my league blew 60 bucks on the free agency budget. I, w- I went 30-something. I was like, all right, I'm going to just make sure I get this guy. And someone doubled me up, so I didn't even get him. But that just goes to show you the type of value he's, he contains. It was the Freeman owner, uh, nonetheless. So I guess that ha- absolutely played a big role. But you got to be, if he's somehow out there, check for Ido Smith. He is you know, out there in over 60% of leagues. Has to be owned moving yeah, forward. Yeah, I mean, you can't take the waiver money with you. That that's one of the things that gets no. me. I'm always like, it's like people think they're going to get a check at the end of the year for the ninety ninety three dollars right. they didn't spend or whatever. Uh, Raiders coach exactly. John Gruden admits the team is concerned about Marshawn Lynch's groin injury and that it could be a long term issue. I would imagine that's one of many concerns that Raiders coach John Gruden has right now. But go ahead. <laughs> And this was one of the few things that he probably didn't need to be concerned about because he's been one of the rare bright spots Marshawn Lynch has, and now it could be a long-term issue. That's obviously hugely concerning. No news is really going to come out for the next week, which makes it a toss-up in the, in the air what's truly going on because they are on the bye. He's going for further testing. But if this emerges as something that he needs surgery, or, you know, I can see Lynch wanting to shut it down at this point when he's seen what a disaster this team is. Maybe the team realizes you know, what's the point of riding Lynch for these last few weeks as an injured back. That means Doug Martin could be in line for 12 to 20 touches. Who knows exactly what it could be. But I, I even lean further to uh, Jalen Richard. Both of them under 10% owned, even with this news breaking. So both guys, I think, need to be stashed moving forward as this bye week shakes out. And we start to get a sense of what the, the workload distribution is. But Gruden, for all his faults, he's he always had a number one dominant wide receiver, which we haven't seen this year. But he's also always ridden uh, pass game, catch, pass catching running backs. Uh, always 30% or higher target share in his offenses throughout his nine years in the league. So Jalen Richard has kind of fulfilled that so far. He's seen plenty of five, six reception games, and now he's going to have an even higher volume share with Marshawn Lynch out. I think he's by far the more explosive guy. He's only had two seasons of work, but as a rookie, he led pro football focus in yards after contact. So this guy's got a ton of talent. I think he definitely brings more to the table than Doug Martin. We haven't seen anything productive out of that guy in quite some time. So if I'm picking one or the other, it's Jalen Richard, but both both of them are well worth stashing in case this thing does linger with Marshawn Calvin Lynch. Cook, hamstring, practicing in full for week seven against the Jets. Man, I just don't know about this guy. What are your thoughts on Dalvin Cook? Man, what a season, Runer. Similar to Devonta Freeman at this point, just a brutal second-round pick, even higher than Devonta Freeman yeah. on most boards. Very talented guy when he's right, but he just hasn't been right, whether that's lingering from the knee injury and he has to overcompensate, whatever that might be. He's just really struggled to get healthy. Everyone thought he was going to make his debut last week and then was a surprise inactive in warm-ups. He flared up, so you got to be nervous if you're using him. I mean, the Jets aren't anything scary, so I can see them getting up big, maybe getting this guy a few warm-up touches, but 
you couldn't feel great about using him quite yet because that thing could flare up at any minute and you'd be out. And either way, I doubt they're handing him like 20 carries in his first game back. Uh, still an interesting buy low if he's just complete bottom barrel at this point. I can see owners, you know, I, I've seen people say Marvin Jones for Dalvin Cook or things like that. Yeah, why not? Might as well take a stab at him and see if he can come out of their buy in a couple weeks as that featured guy and be a stretch run hero for you. But I'm more likely to go after, let's say, like Leonard Fournette, who, you know, after the week 10 by his schedule is such a joke and I really think they'll ride him like the horse that they were planning to Dalvin Cook with Murray kind of playing decent in his absence just seems at best a timeshare back that's going to lose short yardage work even if he gets high-end receiving work just not a guy I'm necessarily going after unless the offer's real low all right Jets coach Todd Bowles confirmed that Quincy Anunwa due to an ankle injury is out for week seven against the Vikings I'm assuming that's going to open things up for some other guys Absolutely, and Terrell Pryor, one of those guys that might have it open up for scored in back-to-back weeks. Terrell Pryor, but he's also—I know, right? You know, who would have thought we'd be talking about that guy again? But I'm not recommending you use him. The only reason I bring up his name is he's actually questionable as well—a guy who struggled with injuries and isn't practicing so far this week. So it really could end up being the Jermaine Curse and Robbie Anderson show. Just two weeks ago, it would have been—you know—Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson, go after him, fresh off 130 and two TDs. You still would be a viable play with 10 plus targets coming his way. But then you got to think about Jermaine Curse, only 5% owned right now. So nobody's really talking about this guy. Maybe the quietest nine catch, 94 yard blow up of last week. Nobody's mentioned that he's done that 10 targets last week. He seems to be the one that would be that Inunua high volume, short, you know, rack up the yak type of receiver here. I think Curse has a very high floor, especially if Terrell Pryor is out and could be a, a sneaky little flex play for the wide receiver desperate. And you just heard about my wide receiver situation. I'm definitely considering Curse, maybe Robbie Anderson, who I already own. One of those two will probably find their way into my lineup at this point. Yeah, it's not like you got a ton of options. Uh, Rams coach Sean McVay confirmed Cooper Cup due to his knee. I mean, obviously, he was fighting concussion symptoms uh, a week ago. But due to his knee, he's out for week seven against the 49ers. I feel like he got carted off the field, actually. He did, yeah. It's, it ended up, he came back in the game, but then he came off pretty soon after. Uh, so it wasn't anything that, it looked like a season yeah. ender at first. And it's nothing like that, but it is an MCL sprain, which can be two, three weeks, sometimes up to four to even six weeks at times. So we don't really know what his timetable is, which makes him, you know, you, you would, be Yeah, nervous, but you would right? think it would. And yeah, you got to be nervous from a fantasy standpoint. You got to think that given what the Rams have going on, Given the depth they have, given their record, they have all this flexibility. You would think they would not be trying to rush this guy back. Exactly. I don't. I don't see him even to, until he's a hundred percent right. So probably on the lengthier side. Uh, so once he's out there, you can feel good about rolling him back out. But you're right. I, I expect a, a multi-week absence here. And Josh Reynolds could become a sneaky little play. Uh, sophomore guy, long, rangy. He's gotten praised by Sean McVay on multiple uh, times for his catch radius. And they, we've seen him utilize that to the fullest anytime a receiver has missed time. But what it means to me more so is you know Brandon Cooks and, and obviously Robert Woods, who's kind of emerges that number one now at this point with cup out. I think both those guys will see plenty more chances. San Fran, just a joke matchup. So both those guys have to be in your top 12 receivers this week, Brandon Cooks and, uh, and again, Robert Woods. Whereas also just Josh Reynolds, another one of these guys for wide receiver needy, again, myself, it has to be considered uh, in this soft, soft matchup. I can see him even finding the end zone the way this, this offense clicks. 
But more than likely than not, it's probably just going to be the Todd Gurley show for the second straight week. I mean, that guy is just third straight week, fourth, whatever week it is, he's always a monster. Uh, he's, he's probably going to top 30 fantasy points again. Yeah. Just unbelievable cheat code, that guy. He is. is. I feel that sometimes you overuse the cheat code description, but I feel like it is totally applicable for Todd Gurley. I think it's appropriate. <laughs> Uh, T.Y. Hilton, due to his hamstring, practicing full for Week 7 against the Bills. Ryan Grant, due to his ankle. Jack Doyle, with a hip issue. The Beanstalk himself remained sidelined at mm-hmm. Wednesday's practice. Uh, what do you think about this banged-up Colts offense? I mean, Hilton obviously slides right back into your usable wide receiver 2, wide receiver 3 range. But he is matched up with Tredavious White, who's been unbelievable uh, in his second season. So that's going to be tricky. Your first game back against one of the toughest matchup corners that does he he does play shutdown on his uh, number one receivers. So I can see Hilton being a little bit quiet in his first game. Although, again, he just needs that one big play to pop and and rut. So you put him in your lineup because he could just explode. And he's been very highly used this year, too, whenever he's active. I also think Chester Rogers with these other guys out, we saw him have 13 and a half. He's he's really exploded whenever Hilton's been out of the lineup. So it's going to be interesting now to see Ryan Grant and Jack Doyle removed with Hilton back. I, I think Chester Rogers still will be pretty highly used. Again, with Tredavious White shadowing Hilton, the only risk is they, they get up big if their defense gets a couple scores against this awful Bills team that's rolling out having Derek Anderson at quarterback this week. I mean, that's the stream of the week is the indie defense for sure. And I, I don't think the Colts are going to have to do too much. But, I mean, that's that should be my mailbag question, right? Is like, is it Curse? Is it Chester Rogers? Is it Josh Reynolds? Which one of these Hail Mary wide receivers should I be taking a stab at? I, I can't decide. We'll find out. I, I got two words for you. Stay away. <laughs> from which one yeah there's no way I, I mean look it all depends on game on your team situation and stuff yeah lot. sure it, it all take it all depends on your team situation i expect ebron will be getting a, a healthy dose of action yeah, and i mean you know you got three guys any of them might be the right guy i mean i'm certainly not putting anything like crazy out there gambling on one of them over the other i don't know I mean, we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it, it's, it depends it's how it depends if you're in right. If John Brown's your number one receiver and you need depth, yeah, you take a you take a gamble on somebody. But I don't know. <laughs> Luckily, I don't think about that. Ebron is a good name to bring up, though. I mean, he's been absolutely dominant with Doyle out of the lineup, especially when Hilton was out too. I just expect that to continue. Another score for the tight end leading uh, t- tight end leader in touchdowns. Absolutely, Maybe we see Ebron Marlon continues Mack to roll. And, uh, Naheem Hines get a bunch out of the backfield. We'll see. All right, we'll be right back with some guys we're higher on, some guys we're lower on, some guys we're willing to take that aforementioned Hail Mary on. Fuck what right after this. talking about, boy, I'm on my grind. Pursuit of happiness with money on my mind. People say duty calls, and if it's on my line, I get a two-minute warning, bitch, you on my time. Heard it through that vine that I ain't kicked it in a minute, they was missing me. Holy crap, had to give them raps for the misery. Every snap, I smile, the bitches make a gift for me. All right, laughing out the guys bank. we're high on, guys we're low on, guys we're willing to take a Hail Mary on quarterbacks Carson Wentz playing the Panthers we got him as our QB5 that's six spots above the experts why I mean the Carolina is Carolina's defense only really great in name at this point yeah they got definitely some recognizable you know Luke Keeley, all those names they they do have plenty of name value but they're just very middle of the pack against everything else they rank 15th in passing yards allowed so again exactly right in the middle of the pack so nothing to be that scared of as a, as a quarterback and Wentz has been just rounding into form and looking better and better That's each true. week 
He's had 20 fantasy points in three straight games, including all, you know multiple touchdowns in all three of those contests as well. He was an absolute touchdown machine two seasons ago, and he's clearly rounding into that touchdown machine form right now. Fresh off three touchdowns, I think he goes for at least two, if not three more again. So I, I love Wentz. It's just a very, very high floor. I don't see him going below 20 for the first time in three weeks this week. Not a defense that I'm scared of at all. Jared Goff playing at the 49ers. You've got him as your QB9. That's six spots lower than the experts who have him as their QB3. That's quite a discrepancy. (laughs) Absolutely. And I mean... Goff, putting him this low is, of course, risky when he's facing just a juicy matchup in the 49ers, giving up the six most fancy points to QBs. We've seen Goff blow up for like 45 fancy points and throw for five touchdowns, 400. He could do that this week by all means. It's not a matchup. The, the lower ranking isn't because it's a scary matchup. That's It's nothing to do with it. It's actually because it's such an easy matchup. I can see him maybe throwing like 202 early on and then them just burning the clock with Gurley because 49ers just aren't good. I know they played decently against Green Bay, but Green Bay's defense is horrendous. Green Bay is that good. No, Green Bay isn't that good, and that's why it became a shootout, whereas the Rams have one of the most intimidating defenses, especially along the D-line. They should destroy that offensive line. Beth is going to get eaten up all day. So I think the Rams de-smothers them. I think they get up big early, and it's just another one of those girly games. That's the biggest risk with Goff. Isn't that he's not good or doesn't have good weapons, but it just becomes girly's just that good. That in the last two weeks, Goff only has one touchdown over the last two weeks, and he's been under 300 yards both times because Gurley's just been so good. Why else go anywhere else? This guys the offensive heartbeat Gurley is and Goff is just kind of the auxiliary guy if they need him I don't think they're going to need him against San Fran so I think he's just a little bit too highly rated by the experts two quick comments about uh, the game last night that you just referenced I was watching the first 10 minutes or so with my daughter and uh, two things happened first of all she asked me all sorts of football questions now which is cool because I I love having someone to talk about and uh, she was asking me about the 49ers quarterback. And I was like, oh, Jimmy G used to be pretty good, but he's out. This is their new quarterback. And she reads his name off the screen. She just goes, CJ Beat Hard. <laughs> She's like, that's the dumbest name I've ever heard in my life. And then just started cracking up. I mean, like, she awesome. thought it was hilarious. So she, she awesome. but she grew to kind of like Beat Hard. She was like, I'm kind of pulling for Beat Hard. So yeah. she calls him, so she calls him Beat Hard. Uh, nice. Second thing, and hopefully Seamus isn't listening to this. Uh, she knows all about Aaron Rodgers, and uh, but then saw a close up, and she goes, "She goes, so that's Aaron Rodgers, huh?" And I was like, "Yep, that's him." She goes, "Huh? Would have thought he was better looking than that." <laughs> oh, Seamus <laughs> is going to fire like, some shots. After I know. Well, this one. at my eight year old daughter, but yes, <laughs> from the mouths of babes. All right. Anyway, quarterback, who are we taking a hail mary on? Uh, Joe Flacco, thirty three percent owned, thirteen percent started against New Orleans. Go ahead. I mean, one shocking stat I saw on Flacco is he's attempted the second most pass attempts in the league. Clearly hasn't amounted to a ton of fantasy value. He's been under, you know, 15 points more weeks than not. But against New Orleans, if, if he sees that volume, which he should, is Drew Brees on the other side. You imagine it's going to be more of a shootout-style game, which doesn't happen with the Ravens much, but definitely this week is shaping up to be. I think he can kind of blow up for at least two or three scores, maybe 300 yards. He's topped 360 yards twice this year. I think he could do that again against a horrendous New Orleans defense surrendering the third most uh, points to quarterbacks, second most yardage in the league to quarterbacks. I think him and John Brown kind of find that deep connection. You know, Lattimore is back into form. I can see Crabtree kind of getting shut down, but they have so many dangerous weapons. You got the revenge game for the uh, the blonde muskrat, Willie Sneed. In there, you got John Brown ready to explode uh, yet again. Maybe that's just the wishful thinking of my wide receiver one. He's in my lineup too, man. (laughs) 
I, I think everything's kind of lining up, though, for Joe Flacco to throw some bombs and have a big game. And he's one of my favorite streamers. If Baker Mayfield's not there against Tampa Bay, uh, Flacco is lower owned, lower started. So I went with him as the Hail Mary of the week. Maybe a daily fantasy guy, too, because I'll bet his price tag's not too high. For sure. All right. Uh, running back. Guys, you are higher on. Uh, I'm glad to hear this one. I love this. I was, uh, pati- I was patient. It's on too coming. easy. This is literally too easy. But I was patient. I was patient. I waited for this guy. I went with right. the no running okay. back strategy. I picked this guy up in like the sixth round. And then he was no good like the first three weeks. And I was like, I'm ruined. I picked mm-hmm. him up and I picked Sony Michelle up. And I was like, after three weeks, I was like, this Your is the worst beast. running back core in the history of fantasy football. And now all of a sudden, it's like a really good Running yes. back core, right? Um, yes. Tariq Cohen against the Patriots. Running back 15, six, uh, nine spots higher than the experts. How could the experts have this guy at 24? Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. They're making it too easy for me each week. This is the third straight guy. Cohen's been our higher running back. It seems almost like Mahomes for those first few weeks where we just kept saying Mahomes has to be top five, Mahomes has to be top five, and then finally they caught up. Maybe this will be the week the experts catch up to Cohen because he's going to destroy New England. And this is you know my team. I've, I watch plenty of New England, but their linebackers are just – completely you know they, they're horrible in coverage they're so slow and, and Tariq Cohen you Did know you see that root Kareem Hunt beat them on it was yeah exactly perfect example of how they're just going to use Tariq Cohen he's going to destroy us uh you know this game flow as well you'd think the Patriots offense rounding into form I know that the, they have a solid defense in Chicago but I really think the Patriots will decimate them and put up their points and that definitely favors Cohen in catch-up mode that, that's where he's going to be at his most dangerous he's off 26 and 19 fantasy points the last two weeks clearly that you know Jordan Howard's snap rate has taken a huge hit at the you know to, for Cohen to explode and I don't see why with that offense blowing up like they are, why they would suddenly flip that script and go back to, you know, 30% Cohen and 70% Howard. It just seems to me like everything from game flow to the bad linebackers of New England favors Cohen for yet another touchdown in the receiving game in a 15 to 20 point fantasy day. I don't see how the experts are still this low on him. And you also kind of like Kenyon Drake. That one confuses me a little more. I, I think you're just trying to challenge yourself because they're throwing kind yourself of. fat pitches with Cohen there. Exactly. I want, I want to throw that was too easy for Cohen just to be continually just insulted by the experts. I wanted to throw I think you're exactly right. I want to test myself and say, can I find anybody else? Uh, so Kenyon Drake's going to be that guy. You know, obviously that fumble last week was horrible and puts him at risk for being benched for Frank Gore. But I did like what I saw. They went right back to, uh, you know, Drake made a few huge plays there in overtime to get them down the field and help them end up sealing that game. So I think that, you know, Adam Gase, he's going to keep going back to Drake, keep trying to build that confidence back up after that tough game. Uh, and Detroit, obviously the right matchup to do so. Third most points to running backs in fantasy, third most rushing yards to, to um, RBs as well. Everything's lining up for, for the, I mean, Brock Osweiler also making a start doesn't hurt where you want to protect him as much know. as possible. I know, he was lights out. <laughs> it was all yards after the catch, and a lot of that was Drake too. The guys, you know, last two weeks fresh off his best two fantasy games of the season, off his highest usage, and I, we'll get to Hail Marys in a second. I still love Frank Gore and think he can do some damage, but I also think this is the game. You know, Drake hasn't had that true what the, what we were seeing at the end of last year type of explosion. I think we could see that this week against Detroit. All right, well, you can't be higher on Tariq Cohen if you're not lower on Jordan Howard. You've got it running back 19. Four spots below the experts. Not a huge discrepancy. Uh, I actually think you and the experts might both be a little high on him still. I'm not sure. It depends how the game goes. Obviously, game flow has a ton to do with it. And maybe I'm just down on him because he's just looked like ass kind of lately. But anyway, <laughs> uh, what do you think? 
That's kind calling him looking like ass. It's been abysmal. He's fucking under five fantasy points in two straight weeks. So a lot of this I do think is name value and people still holding on to the mirage that was Jordan Howard when he was so good for two seasons. Of course, they want to establish the run and bleed clock and keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. So that game flow could happen. That's what they were going to want to do and establish. But it's just Tariq Cohen is such a better matchup nightmare for these slow linebackers that been in Cohen more than Howard over the last two weeks. So I, I don't know what game flow is going to be the Jordan Howard style game. He could plot into the end zone and, and save a day and suddenly he's not a bad play but he hasn't done that uh, other than what's this season. So he's not scoring a ton of touchdowns. He's not getting highly used and racking up yards like he used to. I don't see what it is that, that people like about this guy other than name value at this point. And I'm an owner so I'd love to see him outscore this lower projection. I have to use him this week because I've got a lot of bye weeks. So, uh, you know, I hope I'm wrong here, but Jordan Howard, this just feels like a Cohen game uh, to me, absolutely. Wendell Smallwood against the aforementioned Panthers. You got him as your RB41. That's 12 spots below the experts. Um, Clement on a pitch count. I mean, that's the one reason that you feel like he's going to get some work, but you don't think there's anything solid coming from Smallwood? No, it's more so Clement was on a pitch count last week and then still severely outplayed, outproduced. Wendell Smallwood was still the guy on third downs and in the red zone, those valuable fantasy touches. And I think his workload's only going to be going up, Corey Clement, especially in a potentially more shootout-style game. Obviously, they had the Giants last week and it was god-awful and they didn't really need their running game or the the passing catcher and running pass catching running backs because they weren't really going back and forth at all that could really change against cam newton in a more explosive carolina attack which means more work in the receiving game for clement and more time on the sideline for wendell smallwood just between the 20s purgatory in a you know 12 to 15 touch roll sure the volume will be there but i just don't see him doing much after a very lackluster game last week in a middle of the road matchup I just I think the experts are ranking him as a potential flex play, and to me, he has to be on your bench, if not the waiver wire. Hail Marys. Ito Smith against the Giants. You got him as your RB27. That's 10 spots above the experts. Yeah, absolutely. We just raved about his potential with Devonta Freeman out. I, you'd think at this point the rankings would catch up and adjust, but it doesn't seem like they're going to. He's had three straight weeks with touchdowns. Hasn't been all that efficient on a per yard uh, per clip, but still just a scoring machine, still a great receiver, and the Giants give up a lot of receptions to running backs. I think Edo Smith's in a great spot of when they're going to probably have to bleed the clock. One of the rare situations that the Falcons will have a positive game flow for their running backs. I think Edo Smith sees a lot of work. I can even see him you know, taking over for Coleman at some point in this game. I, I think he's a better running back than Coleman, and, and I'm excited to see what he does in his first week without Freeman. Frank Gore against the Lions, only 19% owned. you like Gore as a possible uh, pickup in a, in a pinch? Yeah, exactly. It's out there in almost over 80% of leagues, and he's fresh off 100 yards in a tougher matchup against the Bears, who were giving up the fewest fantasy points to running backs. Now he gets Detroit giving up the third most points to running backs. And, you know, I'd said I like Drake, but I also like Gore as the, the more used member of this committee right now. He has the team's trust, especially considering those fumbling issues with Kenyon Drake. So I imagine when they get into the red zone, it's going to be Frank Gore getting that rock. And I can see him definitely falling his way into the end zone. In this game, getting a nice score here. How many carries you like Gore to get in the game? Like, roughly? I'd say 
I'd say, I mean, he got 15 last week, and I think that's definitely a fair over-under to set for him. Him maybe hitting 17, 18, if they can get up on Detroit early. That's the only risk here is Detroit, with an explosive passing attack, builds a huge lead, and then suddenly Gore isn't even seen. That's the only risk with using Gore this week. Hmm. But I I really like him in this matchup. I think they want to bleed the clock. Adam Gase loves this guy, and I see him falling in for a touchdown at least once. 15 to 18 carries, not bad. How many of those do you think he'll just uh, carry like with his dick? (laughs) <laughs> at least 12 like, right, right. Oh, two-thirds of his carries will just tuck right under his big uh, cock anyway. <laughs> uh, also you said just as an aside you wouldn't be surprised if Nick Chubb were to pound one in we'll see yeah, um, I just wanted to make sure to remind owners that you're a uh, asshat moron. What was the, <laughs> I want to bring up Chubb whenever I can, just to remind us of that. Yeah, comment. I don't feel like that big a moron though. I mean, the guy the guy had two great carries, and um, I mean, did you see what he did the following week? I think he had uh, three carries for two yards, something like that. So, yeah, he's you know. done nothing since then. I agree, and he's going to most likely do nothing again. But if you're looking for a desperation thing, I could see him having one of those rip, you know, huge forty yard touchdown runs. Or them working him in because they get up big early and want to see what he's going to do. Hugh Jackson keeps promising a bigger workload for this guy. Maybe it comes this week. Either way, I still think he's a fantastic stash. And if you're in a bye week pinch and you were stashing this guy and you don't want to cut him, I can see him putting up a little bit of usable uh, value this week. This is just like when people give me, like Odell Beckham had one good game in which he threw a touchdown pass. And everyone's like, oh, what's the true thing now about Odell Beckham? It's like, I don't know, pretty much the same thing I've said about him all year. (laughs) Like, I'm sure everybody drafted him based on the fact that he might throw a long touchdown one oh game. yeah exactly <laughs> wide receivers guy you're higher on julian edelman against the bears you got him as your wide receiver 16 that's six spots above the experts you also like taylor gabriel in the same game uh you got him as 25 and that's seven spots above the experts absolutely keep going back to these bears because they keep making us look smart other than we were low on alshon he scored a touchdown last week but i think that was a bit fluky i'm still a little bit lower on him we'll start with edelman you though mean Chicago- Alan robinson not alshon right of, oh, Allen Robinson. Did I say Alshon? Yeah, my bad. Allen Robinson. We do love Alshon Jeffrey here. He's an Alshon. absolute monster. Uh, but Edelman, I, I got to love him this week heading into Chicago, who gives up the fifth most fancy points to wide receivers. But even more so, they've been dominated by slot guys. Just really poor tackling and giving up humongous plays week in and week out after the catch. We've seen Randall Cobb. He scored that game winner in week one. Tyler Lockett, Christian Kirk both scored out of the slot. And then Albert Wilson last week, 30 fantasy point day, made seven people miss. They just aren't good in the open field. They've got a ferocious D-line. But once you can penetrate them and give your guys yak opportunities, that that's how you beat the Chicago defense. I Obviously, Tom Brady and you know Bill Belichick know that that's their weakness. That's the mistake. That's how the offense runs anyways. Never mind that that's the way to exploit this team. So I expect a big from Edelman and James White kind of getting peppered on those short routes, racking up some big yak and huge fantasy points. That game script is definitely there for this one. And then Gabriel, if they're going to get down big, as I think they will, and they're going to have to throw, he's back-to-back 100 yards games, really used well, used similar to Tyree Kill. You know, Matt Nagy obviously had Hill last year in Kansas City. It's not that Gabriel is the talent of Tyree Kill, but he has similar long speed. He's similarly dangerous off screens and on these vertical routes. I can see him having another big game, another, you know, maybe even three straight with 100 yards he's the true number one receiver here in my opinion uh, even though Allen robinson has some inexplicable allure to him to me it's taylor gabriel who i think is just continually disrespected just like Tariq cohen and maybe the experts will wake up after another big game this week guy you're lower on deandre hopkins against the jags Tough, wide right? receiver <laughs> 11 for you five spots lower than the experts 
It's like it's not like I don't know where you're coming from, but I don't know, man. I mean, I could I could see him coming in as wide receiver ten, wide receiver eleven. I don't know. I mean, he played the Jags twice last year, and I remember in both games he had so-so games and scored, I believe, in both games. So right, that, that's you know probably what's going to happen here. If there's anybody who's matchup proof in the league, it would be DeAndre Hopkins. He just makes every single catch, can body up any type of corner. So you know if anyone's going to beat Jacksonville, it'd be him. But they are the toughest matchup for wide receivers, and especially with Watson banged up and struggling. That offensive line—it's more so the offensive line in Watson right now that I'm worried about than necessarily DeAndre Hopkins himself. That line is just absolutely atrocious. We got a ferocious D line on the other side with Jacksonville. Jacksonville, uh, you know, they could just penetrate all day and give him no time to throw, no time for Hopkins to get open. And I, I really think Watson's one hit away from being on the sidelines all game. So that that makes me nervous that it might become the Tom Savage show, and then suddenly you're Tom Savage. Or is he Tom Savage even there? He actually signed with the 49ers, I think. I don't even know who their backup is. It's something disgusting, obviously. Matt Schaub, maybe? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> who the fuck is there? I don't know. I can't tell you. I should probably have prepared that note. But either way, it wouldn't be good for Hopkins. And even if Watson stays in, I don't like his chances against this D-line. So I'm very nervous about his time to get open and Watson's time to throw, more so than I am about Hopkins not being able to beat coverage or body up the corners. They did just get destroyed by Cole Beasley. So maybe yeah, I, mean, I feel like it's at least planning. worth mentioning the fact that they just coughed up 40 to the Cowboys. Right, exactly. So maybe they're not as intimidating, but you got to think this team, you know, Jalen Ramsey, they all have a lot of pride. They're going to want to bounce back big, and they're going to come at at home, you know, back home. They're going to really come and put those ears back and come after Watson, which makes me real nervous for Hopkins and all the other receivers here. Yeah, I think Hopkins will probably get his points. I don't think it'll be like his best game of the year or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I think he'll get his points. Uh, but they've gotten torched now, I believe, two weeks in a row, once by the Chiefs and once by the unlikely Cowboys. Not looking so good for Jacksonville. And Blake Bortles, of course, has reverted back into being Blake Bortles. Hail Mary, <laughs> this one's going to make my buddy Willie happy. DJ Moore, 17% mm. on 1% started against Philly. Big one here. He's got a growing role in this eclectic Panthers offense. Mm-hmm. He's getting used in the run game. He's getting used in the, the screen game, the deep ball game, which I just like those style players that have creative usage. Tyree Kill-esque, uh, I, Taylor Gabriel, clearly have an affinity for these type of players. But 77 scrimmage yards last week, he's starting to see those touches really ratchet up. Even with two awful fumbles last week, uh, they kept going back to him. They clearly showed some faith, and Ron Rivera said, I don't you know, regret at all going back to this guy. We need to get him involved, need to get him going. Philly's really struggled against wide receivers the eighth most fantasy points to them. Uh, they, they struggle, again, tackling and all that stuff. So I think this could be a, a launching point. This guy, T.J. Moore, has a, a just gorgeous second half of the season. Defensive, you know, gets Tampa Bay twice, gets Atlanta at least once. Uh, Pittsburgh's on there, so I mean, this guy's schedule is a complete cakewalk. So I like him to, to have a launching point style game and be one of those guys that everyone's scrambling to pick up by the end of this week and, and get ahead of them and just stash him on the bench and see what he does against Philly. If you're truly desperate, like you are, you know, like I am this week, I'm considering throwing more in there too. He's kind of in that pile of Chester Rogers, all these other guys. I don't know exactly who I'm going to go with, but DJ Moore is certainly being considered by yours truly right now. All right, tight ends. Guys, you're higher on. O.J. Howard against the Browns. You got him as your tight end six. That's five spots higher than the experts. Everett Ingram playing at Atlanta. You got him as your tight end eight. That's 11 higher than the experts. Uh, You think that one might adjust a little bit before kickoff, though? I do, yeah. I think that's injury-related, but he's been practicing pretty much fully 
all week. Uh, and that is a risky one because he plays on Monday night, so that can be a real pain in the ass. You got to make sure you have a backup plan. Uh, you know, somehow if Austin Hooper's available, that'd be a fantastic plan to have in your back pocket. Otherwise, you could pick up uh, Rhett Ellison, whoever it might be for the Giants. So that that's the only risk with Evan Ingram. But as long as he plays, I think he's going to step immediately back into a very key role against the soft defensive front that's gave up t- touchdowns to both Brayton Howard last week and just obviously gets routinely bombed. His value is, of course, tied to Eli Manning, which we've seen tank Odell all season and ruin people. But if anybody gets it done with Eli, it's the short passes to the, the middle of the field, and that's where Ingram dominates. I can see him having a big week and deserves t- uh, top 10 tight end consideration. And O.J. Howard, anytime he's been on the field and played through played a full game, he's been a beast ever since week one, 17, 10, and 14 in his three full games. Cleveland's right in the middle of the pack against tight ends. Nothing special about him. I think that this offense, Jameis Winston, has always loved targeting tight ends. He's the third highest QB rating when he's targeting tight ends versus dead last while he targets wide receivers. So that discrepancy clearly plays out. And I think O.J. Howard has another big game. He's just been a beast after the catch down the seams, having a real good sophomore breakout that nobody's really talking about. He's an athletic freak. He was known as the best prospect to come out uh, the last year at the tight end position. He's really starting to flourish and show us that potential. I think that continues again this week against uh, Cleveland. Trey Burton against the Patriots. You got him as your tight end 10. That's two spots below the experts. Not much of a difference. Uh, all right. So, I mean, instead of you going on about while you're two spots lower than the experts, which is nothing. Let me just ask you, how come Trey Burton hasn't popped more this year? I mean, he's it's he's been pretty decent though. He's, he gets those shovel passes. It's just more so he only gets uh, three to four looks a game, and I, I was okay. expecting a lot more usage uh, than he's currently seeing when he was paid for that you know Travis Kelsey role. But he has seen some good look down the seams, some shovel pass style looks. So I do like Trey Burton for sure. I think he's a good buy low because you're right. He hasn't blown up yet, but I think uh, you see flashes of how he could be used as this offense continues to round into form. But if there's any team that can shut down tight ends, it is New England, despite giving up that huge game to Eric Ebron. Other than that, the tight ends have been completely shut down. We just saw him shut down Travis Kelsey. So again, I'm not you know hugely low on Trey Burton or anything like that, but if there's one guy I had to pick out of the list, it was going to be him. All right, no obvious Hail Marys on this one for tight end. So, I don't know, uh, Charles Clay? Yeah, why not? You know, <laughs> why I'm just not? Hoping. Take a shot at <laughs> Charles Clay, why not? I guess that, you know Derek Anderson's going to have to like somebody. He used to love Greg Olson over in Carolina whenever he made his starts. So that's just a, a horrible connecting of some sort of dreadful dots that who knows where it will lead. But when you're looking at that low, you're the tight end 20, Hail Mary, who might catch a score. To me, it could be Charles Clay. I think they're going to be catching up against Indy, even though Indy's not that great. Uh, it just seems to me like Charles Clay is the when I looked at that list I was like yeah he could score a touchdown that's pretty much my only logic there good enough we'll be right back with the week 7 mailback right after this Victor Wild Islander bringing out the child in you singing out the silence who were more violence than Hal Hitler he gets some looks of bullshit pull over a dusty pullover and a Pulitzer a musty busted crusty subwoofer sister Foles is just bluffing clear nose from huff puffing a glutton for bludgeoning and blood gushing here you go stud muffin it's nothing get it on the get by the week seven mailbag is upon us and the first question of course is from Joey should I trade Gronk for David Njoku and Leonard Fournette I have Zeke, Aaron Jones, and Wendell Smallwood and Marlon Mack at running back. That's an interesting question. 
Absolutely. I, I think your record obviously has to play in it. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. Joey. He's, How much he's flex a, you got? Exactly. How? What is your breathing room to absorb those weeks? Because you know, some rumors that Fournette could be back this week, uh, maybe even week eight, if not. And there's plenty of other rumors that say he's going to be held out to week 10, which is honestly, again, as I said last week on the pod, what I hope for if I own him just because I want him 100%, no risk of flaring up uh, for that second half of the, the stretch run where he's got a beautiful, you know, beautiful, beautiful matchup. I would definitely consider this because, one, I just love David Yoku. I think his schedule is a complete cakewalk moving forward. You know, he's only got one matchup not against a bottom eight team. So he's just loaded with cakewalk after cakewalk, and he's flourished ever since Baker Mayfield's been injected in the lineup. So not that I think he's on Gronk's level, but when you add in a potential RB1 stretch one stretch run beast, I would pull this off, especially considering, too, that very weak running back depth after Zeke. So, you know, in your play, off run if you have Zeke and Fournette your team's looking a lot more formidable especially when I don't think Nyoku's going to be a humongous drop off from Gronk considering the matchups he has laid up so yes I would absolutely do this trade I would I don't know if I yeah I would probably do it I'd probably do and, it. and I still think Gronk's a great buy low so it's I not like I'm like off the Gronk train when I say this I just do really like David Nyoku and think this is a, a great opportunity yeah. to get him plus an RB1 for your stretch. I like the trade for sure. Yeah, you know what? The more I look at it, the more I do too. And I also agree. I think Gronk's a good buy low. I feel like they just kind of uncorked Gronk at the end of that KC game. I feel like they seemed to me like they were intentionally not using him. And then at the end, they were just like, all right, well, we need a couple huge passes, and they did it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But that's how it seemed to me. Jimbo Slice, full PPR, Evan Ingram or David Nokiu, the aforementioned Browns tight end. What do you think? I like David Nyoku. Obviously, that's going to be my answer after raving about him. But Tampa Bay gives up the first, the the most points to tight ends. And this guy's fresh off a 50-yard touchdown day. Love the touchdown he scored, too. Kind of that nice fade ball trust route where he went up over the defender and got it. That type of usage, splitting him out wide, creating one-on-ones, and then giving him a jump ball chance is exactly what you want to see from this athletic beast. And Baker Mayfield is dominating. He's been the top target in the last two weeks with Baker Mayfield under center. So you got to love what you're seeing from Yoku. I think he's the play here, even though, of course, Evan Ingram, we just raved about as we were way higher on. David Yoku's the only, there's only three guys I would start above him, and that's the big three, Ertz, Kelsey, and Gronk. And he's really approaching on that tier, in my opinion. All right, also, full PPR flex, Devin Funches, Wendell Smallwood, Latavius Murray. Yeah. I know. I'm going uh, Devin Funches here, especially when you consider Smallwood not even in consideration. We already talked about why we're lower on him. Latavius Murray, Cook comes back. It's a gross timeshare. We don't know exactly how that will be worked out. I could see him finding the end zone, but not not an appealing situation to me. He's had one good game on the season. So that brings us to Devin Funches, fresh off a 70-yard TD day, looking like he's the clear-cut number one target for Cam Newton, and that's really playing out pretty well. He's got a great matchup against Philly. You know, I liked it for DJ Moore. I obviously like it even more for Devin Funches, who should be able to body Jalen Mills up. Uh, he's been destroyed by bigger receivers, and Funches has that big body to go up and go over him, just like he did last week. I can see him getting a nice score where he mosses Jalen Mills as well. He's the, the clear-cut guy for me, Devin Funches. CJ, I did not get Ido, Ido Smith off waivers. Should I trade James Conner for Tevin Coleman? Le'Veon Bell is expected to show up on Monday. I want to just say before this started, I know you're high on Ido Smith. I know everybody's talking. I, I don't buy it. <laughs> You're not buying it. No, I mean I could like? see it. I see him as a. I could see him as a stash guy. I mean, I I don't expect this to be a fifty fifty split. I expect Edo Smith to get right around the same snaps and carries he was about maybe about a third, 
for now. And, you know, the one thing that you mentioned is Coleman is getting, you know, he's a guy with some injury history. And obviously if that happens, his value goes way up. So maybe he's worth a flyer there. I don't believe Ito Smith is going to be all, all maybe you guys are acting like he's going to be. But that's not even the question. The question is, should I trade James Conner for Tevin Coleman? What do you think? Uh, it's a tricky – that is a really tough one, right? Because it's if if Le'Veon does show up, suddenly James Conner becomes pretty much worthless outside of high-end handcuff value. They have said it could be a committee. Maybe James Conner maintains the goal line role. Maybe he does see an even timeshare and then suddenly he is still valuable. I'd rather have James Conner in a committee with the Steelers in that high volume to running backs than I would Tevin Coleman in a committee with the Falcons. So – to me, there's you have way more to lose by getting rid of Connor than you have to gain by getting Tevin Coleman. Yeah, you get a solid RB two that sees good offense, you know, sees good volume and a solid offense. So yeah, there is some value there. Of course, there is to Tevin Coleman. I guess it depends on how desperate you are for running backs once Connor's relegated to behind Le'Veon Bell. But if Le'Veon Bell doesn't show up, you're get you would be giving up a RB one monster, a top five every single week guy. And to me, just getting rid of that type of upside plus a potential committee role where he would still maintain volume, there's just way more to lose by giving up James Conner than I think there is to gain by getting Tevin Coleman. So I'd be hanging on to James Conner. I agree with you completely. Jimbo Slice, would you consider sitting Jordan Howard for waiver wire players the likes of Royce Freeman versus Arizona or Marlon Mack or ride the horse a little bit longer? I think if you're going to consider one, both Royce Freeman and Marlon Mack have good matchups against bottom 10 run defenses. I could see Royce Freeman definitely falling into the end zone for this one. I like Mack a lot more than Freeman if you're talking about one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's the the lead back, I guess, in that sense. But I just hate that committee, and I hate how pass-heavy that offense is. If I'm going one of those two, it would be Freeman. But to me, I'm going to give Howard just one more shot. I can see him also having a good shot at the end zone. He still looks solid when he's getting the the carries, but it is risky. I just I'm giving him one more shot. Maybe this is one of those Cooper situations where you give him one more shot and he kills you, but maybe you give him that one shot and he gets you another 20 point blow up. To me, those guys aren't worth benching Jordan Howard for. I agree. I'd go at least one more week with Jordan Howard. Johnny Goodtimes, full PPR. He needs to start three of these five guys: Alex Collins, Will Fuller, Corey Clement, Ito Smith. Naeem Hines. <laughs> this is a gross one. To me, Corey Clement's the top option for sure. I'm locking him in, especially full PPR. I think he gets the most receiving volume out of those running backs. Ito Smith's next up for me. I have him higher than these other guys. Uh, I think he gets some good receiving volume. Normally, Will Fuller would be the lock, but against Jacksonville, he's also struggling lately ever since Kiki QT emerged. This isn't the week to test him back out and see if he gets going again. So it comes down to Hines or Collins. Ew, gross. I mean, to me, Collins has the best bet at finding the end zone since I think the Falcons, I mean, uh, the, the Ravens will move the ball pretty well against New Orleans. And maybe Collins gets a good little goal line plunge in there. I just don't like Hines ever since Marlon Mack came back last week. His usage dropped off dramatically. He had a bad drop in the end zone on a touchdown. I, I like to go Clement, Ito, and then begrudgingly Collins. All right. Yeah, it's not a great scene. Uh, no. Matt Sullivan. Trade DJ and Taylor Gabriel for Julio and Marquise Goodwin, half PPR. I'm assuming he's talking about David Johnson. Yes. Um, he owns Kamara, Matt Breda, Corey Clement, Wendell Small. He's got Clement and Smallwood, and Tariq Cohen. So have lots of running back depth. 
Yeah, and he's starting Tyree Kill at wide receiver, which is great, but then also Will Fuller is his number two, which clearly these days is not so hot. So that obviously is an interesting wrinkle here. It's tr- tricky for me because I know DJ has sucked, but when you look at his schedule rest of the season, he's one of those guys I'm definitely hitting the buy low Raider on. Even if it's you know in this awful Arizona attack against Denver this week, who's given up two straight 200-yard rushing games, then San Fran, the 11th most points. And then after that, there is just green, green, green on the matchups after his bye. Kansas City, Oakland, Detroit, and Atlanta all in the next, you know, four of his next six matchups. Nothing in the red zone either uh, in terms of red scary matchups. Those four are just gorgeous ones, and two of those falling in your fantasy playoffs. You got to love that. I I think the schedule is great for DJ. He's a guy I'm trying to buy low on. With this team makeup, though, uh, that makes it a lot harder. You do need a true wide receiver one. You had Tyree Kill, so you got that. But then behind him, Fuller is just such a hole in the lineup. I do like this move. I think I would, considering the roster composition. Most chance of times I wouldn't because I also love Taylor Gabriel. But considering this roster composition, I'd rather have Gabriel than Goodwin. So then it comes down to Julio or DJ. And I think they're about even. But with these rosters, I would say Julio is much more valuable to your team. And I would take that, that bait, yes. And just for the record, as disappointing as DJ has been, and he has been, he is the RB11 in PPR. Right. Yes, it's really not that bad. No, well, not that bad, but I mean, and this is worth noting. You hear RB11, and obviously that's a starter on anybody's team. Like, no right. question about it. But in PPR scoring, Todd Gurley, number one uh, points per game, 29.2 points a game. David Johnson, 14.7. So pretty much right. exactly half. So you are it, talking right. about a, Two a, touchdowns a, worth, a dramatic right? drop-off. Like, you've got your Months. you've got your Gurleys, Kamaras, uh, you know, Gordon... Barkley, Connor, who is about to drop off big time. And then you got uh, those guys are like 23, 25, 26 points a game or more. <laughs> then you got Zeke, McCaffrey, uh, James White, and Kareem Hunt kind of making up that next tier. Then you drop down and then you've got the David Johnson tier. And like, and he's right up, he's right with like Tariq Cohen, just for whatever it's worth. And those are great stats to spit out too, because again, that's the. The curse, but the blessing. If you can, we we said building a stable. It's very hard to find those top eight. But once you have, if you can find two of them, and if it worked out for you to have those two, I mean, those are the teams where I say I'm five and one, six and zero, and I have a couple of them. It's because I've had James Connor and Zeke Elliott, or James Connor and and Todd Gurley. You know, those. That's why we preach that strategy over and over and over. Uh, And I think that's a huge point. Yeah, he's the RB eleven, but he's scoring two touchdowns less a week than some of these elite workhorses. And you expected to have DJ right in that you know workhorse category of twenty five to thirty fantasy points a week. So yeah, I think that's that you know loss of shine where he, you expected him to be up there. And now he's not has made people a little bit blind to the fact that he's been solid. He's been serviceable, and I think he is going to see his his points creep upwards into not maybe that elite girly tier, but that James White, you know, that 20-ish points a week. I can see DJ starting to climb his way up there with such a soft slate coming up. Just so give, he's a guy I'm buying low in, in a lot of leagues. I agree with you, but just to give you some perspective on wide receivers, you go like, say, 1 to 11 or 1 to 12. Uh, we're talking about 15 points difference for running backs. Wide receivers, it's about an 8-point difference. Yeah. So it's so much more clustered mass. in there. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a big difference. You know, if you can land the wide receiver 11 – uh, you're not that far away from the top guy. I mean, you no. know, it's still a difference, but it's not anywhere near as pronounced. Um, yeah. Steven says, pick one. Corey Davis, uh, Nelson Aguilar, Chester Rogers, Kenyon Drake, uh, George Kittle. Uh, oh, wait, that's a separate one. 
Corey Davis, Nelson Aguilar, Chester Rogers. Give me that one. <laughs> this is like my own debate here. I think that's when you just uh, fall on your sword. Right, exactly. Uh, to me, I'm as, as bad as this guy has been the last few weeks. To me, Corey Davis has by far the highest ceiling. I'd somehow Chester Rogers is the highest floor out of these guys. So I guess that depends. You just want some sure points. I think Chester Rogers is another good bet for 8 to 10 targets. He's seen 10 in three straight weeks. So I like his floor there. Uh, but if it's me, and I have this debate, Chester Rogers or Corey Davis, I'm lining up Corey Davis. Uh, I think he could finally find the end zone. The Chargers aren't great against wide receivers, and he's just – feels due for a blow up and it's the London game. So you get the little nine 30 wake up. So that should never actually determine your lineup. But to me, if it's just dead, even in this and it's pretty damn close, I'll take the guy that I get to watch right when I wake up and have a, my morning cup of coffee with booze in it. Speaking of oh, which, yes. I was talking, I was listening to a football podcast, not a fantasy podcast, but just a, a football podcast. And uh, they were talking about the Jags and one of the guys started calling Bortles, sir, Blake Bortles. Are they stealing and, our and shit? And they were talking about like, oh, he's got to have his London game, blah, blah. And I was, it was the first time I'd ever heard anybody except us like really rail about it before. And I was just Damn. Like, I was like flattered. And then I was also kind of pissed. And then, and then they started talking about him getting sucked off in right. the club. They, they while did not Aaron say Aaron's anything watched. about Ern's watching behind <laughs> a potted plant. But if that happens, I swear to God, I'm going to see somebody. Right, right exactly. <laughs> um, last but not least, Kenyon Drake against George Kittle for your flex spot. Oh, I, I like mm, that's tough. I'm, uh, I was about to say I'm going to go Drake, but then Kittle I, goes I against go Rams, who has gone gotten the second most yards to tight ends this year. But he's fresh off a dud. You know, my gut just says Drake. I'm going to go Drake, and that's just pure gut call. My head tells me Kittle, but my heart right now is saying Drake, so I'm going to go Drake. My gut says Kittle uh, behind the impressive and surprising play of C.J. Beathard. <laughs> you hear that, Serena? C.J. Yeah. Beathard. Right. The fan club over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, that's going to do it, man. Um, that was a good pod, Wolf. You uh, Have fun in Chicago. I can't wait, man. It's going to be a tough day on Monday when we're, we our next recording. I'm going to be fresh off a late red eye back to school that next day. So when we talk next, it's not going to be the uh, the primest wolf you've ever talked to. I'm sure. That, I'm sure the kids are going to get are going to get your absolute best on Monday. <laughs> we're going to really be molding some minds and changing America that day for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but it, it'll it'll be a fun trip. I can't wait. I've never been to the Windy City. So if any of you listening are from the area and want to meet the wolf hit me up on twitter you know where to find me at roto street wolf or at least hit me up with the best spots i love a good local dive i obviously can find you know all the spots that are on the top 10 lists but i want to find the the, the dives the fancy fullback dive is all about the dives so hit me up with any spots if you're listening in your chicago area or have lived there before let me know where i have to hit because uh, for some of my friends are going to be golfing and i fucking hate golf so I need oh a man spot me too hey uh, we go. The worst, i wish i was coming with you we could hang out by the way, Absolutely. you just gave me such a great idea. Once we make it a little bigger, Road Street Journal, we need to open like a place called the Fantasy Fullback Dive. Yeah, that you're right. Just serving some dive food. That's and just stiff a drinks. great idea, Fantasy Fullback Dive, and just have oh, I have, love have a yeah. That's so so now you're really making the wheels turn. Absolutely no. no nobody out I, there steal that. 
that's going to be my, my second uh, big entrepreneur adventure is some sort of food review and food, hopefully, at our own establishment. So I love it. I love that we're on the same page there. Uh, but Roto Street Journal is, of course, our main page, rotostreetjournal.com, Roto Street Journal on Instagram and Facebook. Make sure you follow us on both those because that's where we're going to be doing our sit-start shows the rest of the season. Roto ST Journal on Twitter for all your sit-start questions. Or, of course, again, Roto Street Wolf hit me up just directly. Would love to answer them on either Twitter or Snapchat. Find me on whatever platform you're on check out the site and of course if you liked what you heard and you haven't already hit that subscribe button we love the support we appreciate it and of course we love any reviews and and praise or critical feedback you have for us we read them all we take the time and it means the world to us so we'd love to hear what you have to say best of leak best of leak best of luck in week seven guys right my name's not the truth jones again i'm the wolf see you back later and wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.